Welcome to the podcast that teaches you how to transform your life and your business. Here is your host, Rick Hyland, and this is CI for Life. Okay, welcome to another CI for Life production. Excited to have you here today. I'm always excited about our guests and our topic, but today's is particularly exciting in that we're talking about goals. And I have two special guests, one my son, Taylor Highland, and one my neighbor, Nate Lambert. So Taylor, Nathan, welcome to the podcast and the video. Glad to be with you tonight. And I think- Likewise, that, thanks for having me. Yeah, you bet. And Taylor and Nate uh, live in Salt Lake City area, but are visiting Vegas and St. George as we speak. So grateful that you guys took some time to uh, spend with us today. But uh, before we jump into the goals deck and share uh, these insights with folks for the new year, 2021, Nate, do you want to spend a little minute and uh, tell us about your background? Yeah, so my background was, you know, I, I used to be a family psychology professor got my PhD. I, I just was publishing like crazy, you know, over 70 journal articles. And then I just realized, you know, nobody really seemed to read or care about those articles that much. You know, I mean, how many times do you cuddle up by the fireplace with some research articles, right? So, you know, I, and I just kind of started feeling bored and just dissatisfied. I wanted to contribute at a higher level. So I read a book about real estate investing and and it really intrigued me. So I thought, you know, I'm just going to jump in and do this real estate thing. So I quit my academic job and, and decided to pursue real estate investing full time. That was about five years ago. And since then, you know, I've, I've flipped dozens of houses and have a rental portfolio of around 50 houses um, that I just built up. And now, and, and now I'm coaching people around the country in 46 different states. I've helped over 300 people, you know, get into uh, their first or second or 12th real estate transaction. So that's kind of my story in a nutshell. It's been a, it's been a really fun, exciting journey and, and goals have been pivotal for me. So I'm excited about this topic. And that's why you're here. And I'll, I'll get you to talk in more detail about you, what you actually do for wealth creation for people. But just tell us a little bit about your family and another interesting thing about you, where you've lived. Yeah, so I, you know, I have a wife and five boys and uh, ages 15 to two, and uh, we love traveling. I mean, right now we're, you know, in Vegas, but last year we spent three months of the year on family vacation, went to 14 different countries, and uh, I just, I love traveling. It's, it's one of my greatest passions. In fact, we at one point sold everything we owned and moved to Fiji and lived there in Fiji for seven months and just had the time of our lives. We, we got to star on an episode of House Hunters International. So that was a, that was a pretty exciting moment in my life. Very good. Oh, that's so cool. All right, Taylor, John, tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, hard to follow that up. I haven't been to Fiji for seven months, but um, still, yeah. So um, I, my background is I got my um, undergraduate and master's degree in accounting from BYU and uh, CPA licensed after shortly thereafter, worked for uh, um, one of the big four accounting firms in PwC um, in Washington, D.C. for a little bit. And then uh, realized that that wasn't kind of my path or route and um, got an opportunity to join on with a small business in uh, back in Utah. So I did a super small company, six people when I started. Um, had a blast the last four or five years uh, building and growing that and then uh, sold my shares in that. And then now since moved on to a new startup uh, as the CFO and uh, been enjoying it ever since. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, and I want Taylor also to share a little bit of uh, his passion around goals and also the financial acumen and saving side, but we'll get to that. So thanks, Taylor. Thanks, Nate. Let me um, share my screen here. and uh, pull up the slide deck that I had prepared so that we can uh, talk about how to crush your goals and specifically eight steps. Let me get it in uh, slide mode here. 
Okay. So yeah, the topic today is we want to set everybody up for 2021. And what better topic is to talk about the power of goals in our lives. So uh, this Carnegie uh, quote, I love, if you want to be happy, set a goal that commands your thoughts, liberates your energy and inspires your hopes. And I love that quote. I think that captures a lot of the benefit that goals have had in our lives and had in people's lives and can have in our lives. Um, Nate, what, can you give me your, an insight on the power of goals in your life and why, it, why it's been so powerful? You know, I, I think a lot of people get focused on the past. It's easy to look back. I have I, a good friend of mine. He's always thinking about the past and, and, uh, which is, it's great to learn from the past. It's important to learn from the past, but the future is really where it's at. And that's what I love about goals and goal setting is it gets, it helps you to be more future focused. You're, you're focused on a bright future that inspires you, just like Andrew Carnegie said. And uh, <clears throat> so for me, coming up, especially at this time of year, Rick, I mean, this is, yeah. This is, I, I, my dad was really into goal setting and we always would, from the time I was like, you know, seven years old would be pulling out our pencils and writing out our resolutions. And, and so this year just charges me. And I, I actually, you know, I'll go, get into more depth, but I, I spend like, I spend like 10 days really meditating on the past and writing out my thoughts. I mean, I spend several hours. It's like a, it's like a real process now that, that I've grown beyond what my dad taught me to do. And uh, it, it just really, it's because it, I love dreaming. I love being inspired by the future self that I see as possible. And the goals that I set really kind of almost show me where I'm going and create this vision that just energizes me and gets me excited to get out of bed and, and uh, roll every morning. So that's kind of in a quick nutshell. Oh, what well, it says for me. I got to tell a story of myself that I think you'll both relate to that. Uh, my wife, Cheryl, and I were having a conversation 10 days before Christmas, and I was starting to get some very positive feedback from some of the subscribers and listeners to the videos, podcasts, and, and on the website. And I was getting pretty jazzed, about as jazzed as Nate was right there. And I was telling Cheryl, man, this time of year is so exciting. It's, I mean, everybody's starting to think about goals and the next and reviewing this year and lessons learned and planning for next year. And I was going waxing on and on and on. And she looks at me with that very kind, loving mm -hmm. reproof and said, uh, Rick, uh, all I can think about is 10 days for Christmas and we need to get Christmas presents for the grandkids and the kids and get everything organized and cooking. And I said, okay, good point. There's other things to think about, but anyhow, uh, bless my wife's heart and patience with us uh, as we dream and uh, get inspired about 2021. Taylor, your thoughts about the benefit of goals? Yeah, um, goals have been a part of my uh, DNA and upbringing uh, because you as my father. <laughs> um, so unfortunately, I don't think I've outsurpassed my father because um, uh, you do podcasts like this. But it's, um, yeah, it's critical. I think when I was listening to um, the kind of conversation there, I thought of the concept of focus and a path. Um, life is full of uh, activities that can be done and things that we will accomplish and do. And, um, but if you don't have a purpose and a plan of what you're trying to hit, you, I think you miss the mark in the sense of, um, I think we, we live in a day and age where it's easy to get down on ourselves and to get discouraged and to not see progress in the way that we measure it in our minds. And I think goals are a beautiful kind of check mark to check box and, and kind of milestones to say, you know, Hey, <laughs> I said I was going to do that. I did it and I accomplished it. When you may even do some similar things in that same year, but it doesn't quite feel as good unless it's intentional like goal setting is. So mm -hmm. I love the kind of mental freeing of the energy that when you have, when you set a goal, you accomplish it and then you get that reward. When even if you do the same thing, it doesn't mean the same thing unless you intentionally set up to do it. Oh, well said. Inspirational and intentional. Yeah, that's beautiful. Okay, so let's go, let's move on. And I want to get your insights here too, because now we're really where the rubber hits the road. And I, uh, a quick Google search, and you will see very quickly uh, that most people don't hit their goals. And in particular, New Year's resolutions. Uh, I saw one study that said 20% uh, of people 
uh, accomplish their goals. Uh, this study about New Year's resolution, as you can read uh, from the University of Scranton, 92% of the people who set New Year's goals never actually achieve them. So the big question is if we can share with the listeners tonight, starting now, you know, the roadblocks or the reasons why we can turn this around together as a community, uh, we can be the 80% that accomplish their goal versus the 20% or, uh, or 8% that do. So, um, Nate, let me start with you again. Insights on why this number is the way it is. What are the roadblocks or what do we need to do to make sure we hit 80% of our goals, not 20? Yeah, you know, I, I think a lot of people just kind of throw out some, some goals and they don't make them very specific. They don't make them very measurable. Um, to, to really have a great goal, you've got to have, it's got to be very concrete and something that you know whether you accomplished it or not. And, and then ideally, you know, a lot of people, they don't have any plan. So I like to say, hey, get an accountability partner. This has been really helpful for me, is get an accountability partner that you're reporting to about the progress of your goals on a weekly basis, right? I mean, and, and I love uh, I love the chicken soup for the soul author, Jack Canfield, talked about chunking down your goals, right? Having like a yearly goal, right? So people throw out these resolutions, but then they don't have like specific plans. So I like to say, hey, here's my yearly goals. This is what I'm going to do th th over the next few months. This is what I'm going to do this week to hit the quarterly goal. And this is what I need to do today, right? To hit that weekly goal. And I, I have someone that I text my goals to every week. We text each other our weekly goals, our yearly goals. And then literally every day we're, we're picking out three things that we are going to do to accomplish that goal. And, and then, uh, so we set that out at the beginning of the day, set out that intention and then at the end of the day, we just report back and, and say how many of the three items we were able to achieve that day. And it really keeps you motivated and keeps you pushing all the way to the end of the day because you want to be able to report back to your accountability partner that you got a three out of three. Yeah. So, you know, that, that accountability is so important, I think. Yeah. And in fact, your first point, when you make them smart goals and specific and measurable it's easier to be held accountable or to account for yourself or with your partner. But if there's no specificity, no concrete plans, it's hard to have that accountability. Yeah. Well said, Nate, We're, we'll cover that in a couple slides as well. Taylor, your insights here. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Um, so I, I totally agree with what uh, Nate was saying. I'll take it just one step maybe before that. I think there's a lack of um, people getting the right information and the right tools. Um, I think there's a lot of talk around this time of year of resolutions and goals, but uh, I mean, when we really think about that process that Nate just talked about and some of these things that we're gonna talk about on the podcast today, um, the actual steps to do, how many people actually know those? I, I'd just be curious. Um, I, I don't think it's as many as we think. Uh, I've been blessed to hear it my whole life. I've read books on it. I've, uh, I've done it since I was six, but there's a whole swath of people out there that. Um, potentially aren't and don't and just here set a goal, right? And so they say, oh, lose 50 pounds and then they move on and <laughs> don't write it down. Don't have an accountability partner. Uh, don't make it measurable to what time period. Uh, don't have a plan behind it and just move on. And so I think steps like these, getting the right tools in our toolkit to understand um, how to accomplish these things and how to do it in the best and proper way so you can ensure the highest rate of success. I would imagine there's, there's, there's a broad group of people that are included in this don't hit their goals that just don't really have the right toolkit and information. That's a great point. I, I, I'm a big believer in systems and processes to help us accomplish uh, our goals at work, home, play, whatever it might be. And uh, that is our goal today is to share with you a system to crush your goals. And um, as you can see here, there's eight steps in it. I'll go through it quickly and then we'll go through each slide in detail and I'll explain why each step is important I encourage you not to skip a step because uh, it will build exactly what Taylor and Nate just talked about and get you in the 80% accomplish your goals versus 20 or eight. So the first um, step is to identify key roles and goal categories. And I'll explain in a minute why that is so important uh, before you jump right in and start setting a goal. 
the second point, uh, number two and three, boy, Nate, you already talked about pondering, meditating. Um, boy, if you could spend a few days just on step two and three, as we're going to outline here in a second, before you jump into, hey, I'm going to save $100,000, I'm going to lose 20 pounds, I'm going to run a marathon. Uh, really think deeply about your learnings and your gratitude and blessings from last year, step two. And then what's the actions that propels you to this year? And then really think deeply about where you really want to go. I was just saying to my wife today that the magic is finding the right specific measurable goal. Not all goals are the same. You can get lost in measuring the wrong thing and not get the right result. And so to ponder and think about, and I'll give you a few questions in step three to think about. And then um, Nate's already talked about SMART goals. Um, we've also talked about already the importance of, okay, so I'll, let, let's say it's five goals you're gonna go with, or maybe it's just one, or maybe it's 10. Let you, uh, de developing a deep, detailed action plan on how you're gonna do that. And then chunking it down and reviewing it monthly with your accountability partner is a brilliant step. And then th that's six, seven, and eight. Uh, develop a tracking system. I'll show you a couple options. Have a monthly review with a trusted advisor. And then number eight, it's gotta be built into your daily and weekly planning. Otherwise it's a wish, it's a dream, it's a pipe dream. It won't happen, it won't. But if you can build it into your Sunday night weekly planning session, and those of you that read my book, Live Your Purpose, I, we're not gonna spend a lot of detail on this podcast on number eight, but boy, that is a superpower when you can have a powerful weekly planning system uh, that really uh, differentiates you from the group. So step one, why is it important? What is it? Identify the key roles. There's a great book some of you have read by Clayton Christensen called uh, How to Measure Your Life. And in that, he tells several stories. And, and um, you may know some of the people like this. His example, he was a Harvard professor, MBA professor. So his example was these MBAs that went out and came back 20 years later and were financially super successful and captains of industry. And they came back with, uh, on their second or third marriage or lost estranged from their kids and things that were really important to them. But they got so busy at work and the pressure to provide that they forgot their other roles. So what we're recommending in step one right up the front is identify those key roles. That happens to be my, just some examples for me. You identify what your key roles are that you want, as Taylor said, be intentional about um, so that you don't get so busy and caught up in the busyness trap that you forget your key roles. Uh, and then the importance of identi identifying some categories that you wanna work on. And I just put seven there. Um, you may only pick two to work on at the beginning. You may pick all seven, you may have a different, that really doesn't matter. But you're trying to be super intentional at the beginning of your goal setting process, your toolkit here, what are the key roles I want to be intentional in succeeding in? And what are the categories I want to focus in? And again, I don't want to overwhelm everybody. You don't have to set 25 goals like the three of us do. You, you can do one to two and then chunk that down. And once you have success, build on it from there. Please don't let this overwhelm you. We're just kind of going through the comprehensive system. You can start where you want. So um, let me just go on to the next slide and then I'll get uh, some more input, folks. So um, year in review, thinking, pondering, meditating. Both of you have talked about this one already. I love this Nelson Mandela quote, one of my uh, heroes. You know, I never lose. I either win or learn. Remember, this guy was in prison for 29 years. So he was doing a lot of learning. <laughs> and he did do well at learning, uh, including forgiveness and humility and uh, all that and developing a vision for his country, South Africa. So um really recommend that you take some time and ask yourself these four questions. Uh, gratitude is such an important piece for to let goal setting be a happy part of your life versus a discouraging part. And I'll come back to that. That's such an important point. But take some time. What went well? Celebrate with your, with your crew, with your friends, or with your family. What didn't go well? And how can we learn from it is the really important part. Not to ignore it and just Pollyanna focus on the blessings. What didn't go well? What were the setbacks? Don't get discouraged, just learn. And, um, and then what actions, and this is gonna feed your goal setting for 2021, what actions need to be derived? And we developed a whole kit on this and it's on my website. 
and on my Facebook site if you want more details on this one. But this is a nice brief version on how to learn and honor 2020 as we move into 2021. So guys, let me get your input here. Uh, Taylor, any insights on the, the learning part here? Yeah, um, I think I think this one's critical and uh, obviously it's why it's, you know, in the, in the first two steps here. Um, Cause there's this, uh, at least I've felt this pressure. I won't speak for everyone, but I felt this pressure at times to, if you don't hit your goals from the previous year, what's the point of doing it next year? Kind of a mentality. Wow. Right. And so I think this one's critical, right? Cause if you, if you get that discouragement or that, Oh, I set 20 goals and I hit two of them. Right. Uh, what's the point? What did it do? There's no point. Uh, I'm done with this. Skip 2021. <laughs> I'll hit 2022. Maybe, you know, kind of a mentality. Um, so I think this one's critical because in that, um, and obviously I think there's, there's probably some steps you should have done before then with adjusting goals and kind of rechecking oh. in throughout the year, but let's just assume it was a, you know, a failure in the sense of two out of 20 were accomplished. There's still wins in those other 18 that you didn't do. Yes. Right. So that's where I think this, this process of, um, just checking back in and redoing it. Um, I don't want to cut too far ahead, but there's this really cool study on, uh, wealth in um, the study by Fidelity 401k. And it's a very analogous to this. They talked about what was the key to success for people to have a million dollars or more in their 401k. And uh, they analyzed all sorts of different things in the 401k study and looked at rates of return. They looked at contribution, maxing out contribution. They looked at investment, uh, investment um, categories and funds and all of that. And the number one thing they found was just doing it. It wasn't the amount that they contributed. It wasn't the rate of return that they got. It wasn't anything else. It wasn't doing it when they started when they're 20 instead of starting when they're 60. It was just starting at some point and being consistent. And so I think there's a lot of uh, connection to this, right? Just do it, start it. You failed last year, <laughs> review it, learn from it, do it again, because you have enough trust that if you just keep doing it, you either figure it out at one point, or if not, you'll still be better off than not doing it. So, and I think well you figure that out through this process. Yeah, really well said. Though. Great points in there. Nate the Great, I know you believe in this principle. Share some of your uh, process with us. So I won't get into all the depth because it's a pretty complex process. It won't apply to a lot of people. But I, here's what I would say is like, be willing to write. I mean, it, you don't have to share it with anyone. But for me, when I, when I start typing out my thoughts and, and analyzing my year, I specifically analyze four gifts that I feel like God has given me. And how did I use those gifts that year to further my, all my goals in my faith, family, fitness, finance, fun, and philanthropy. So I'm, I'm kind of look, I'm, I'm doing a lot of deep analyses, but I'm, I'm, I'm writing it out and I'm telling you, so many amazing insights come as, as I write, it's like God speaks to me and I just feel like I'm getting all this insight, the self insight that helps me to plan for a much better year. And, and I internalized the things I learned both, you know, both from the successes and from the failures. And for me, I actually share them, share those things with my, with two of my older brothers every year. And they, they do a similar report. So it's almost like this, again, this accountability element that we're, we're all writing these things and sharing them with each other, uh, our analysis of our year. So it's, it's, uh, it's, it's a great experience. Oh, that is awesome. Uh, well said. That's powerful. Um, so let's move on and talk about another exercise to write and to think deeply about to help you really make sure your ladder's on the right wall for next year. And you notice these questions are quite big and they go from general to more specific, but you're really trying to make sure uh, you're living on purpose and you're very purposeful in the goals you set, not goals that set that, you know, you, someone else wants you to set, but that you feel inspired in your head and your heart, and your mind. Uh, that is the direction that you need to, to live your best life. And it can really start with these big questions. And this is a hard one but it's an important one. Describe your best self. Envision yourself in the future, not the past, but describe what your best self will look like. And some people find the funeral question a powerful one. Imagine that you're viewing your funeral and uh, you can't control what people say, but 
imagine, what do you want them to say? Rick lived this kind of life. He was this kind of person. He helped in these kind of areas. And uh, it's a very powerful visioning exercise and that can feed your goal setting process. Uh, what is your life purpose? And that's another big question, but that's another way to kind of get at the same thing. Or maybe another, it's a little bit more activity based, but it's also a good question. What peak experiences do you desire? I'll share a quick example here. My um, mother was raised in South Africa and, and we were 15 years in the journey in cold Southern Alberta, Canada experiencing, she was raised on the beach in Cape Town. And uh, then she was married and lived in the cold blizzards of Lethbridge, Alberta. Bless those from Lethbridge, Alberta that are listening. I really do like it. Um, but my mom and dad, when we were teenagers, I was the oldest and, and I was 14, 15. They set a goal to, uh, we wanted in a year, and my dad was a college administrator and um, uh, we needed to build a plan uh, to accomplish a peak experience. They wanted to take this family of six, four kids, mom and dad to South Africa to visit uncle, aunt, grandparents, cousins, etc. And um, we really needed to, it was, it was one of those life experiences still to this day. Uh, I have such fond memories of with my cousins and grandparents and uncle and aunt. And uh, it happened from having a big dream. What can we do for this family? And, and they didn't know how they were going to save. Believe it or not, it was, I think it was only 10 to $15,000 they had to save uh, in 12 months uh, back then. And um, they bought their first house, Nate, you'd be proud, uh, and fixed it up. And we helped as kids. We did what we could. Painting is all I remember doing and cleaning up and ripping off uh, floorboards. And um, we sold it and they had enough money to, in that 12 month period, to go to South Africa. So dream big, think big, even if you don't have all the financial means, what peak experiences do you really want for yourself and your loved ones? And then finally, you know, what can you do to get better at 20, in 2021? That's kind of feeds off step two and that brainstorming exercise we talked about. But now after learning from last year and this visioning exercise, you're ready to start thinking about uh, 2021. But I, I'd, I'd hate for you to just jump in without giving some deep thought and, and writing as, as the team have said. So this is, uh, and I think Nate mentioned this earlier, but the importance of making your goals very specific and concrete. And here's the acronym if you could best match a perfect goal. And I'll share some examples of that are perfect and then some hard to measure things that uh, and give you some ideas on what you might do. But specific, measurable, attainable, realistic, and trackable. I'm gonna come back to trackable in spades here in a second. I think we've already talked about the importance of it being realistic. It can be a dream, it can be a stretch, uh, but having some realism in it and then specific and measurable. And again, we're gonna share some examples here. So I won't spend a lot of time on this one and probably most people have heard of this acronym. So how do you really make that one happen? I find a key and you don't have to do this on every goal, but this is what I find very powerful to really get you focused on the right things to change behavior and get results in your life. And it's a, a term called a result indicator or a lagging indicator or a leading or a process indicator. And I find the most powerful indicators not to be the lagging, but to be the leading or process indicator. If you can, in your imagination or in your research or in your support from experts, pinpoint the right activity in measurable terms that's gonna lead you to your lagging result, that's gold, that's money. There right there is a key on why people miss their goals. They just set a goal to lose 15 pounds and, and maybe even develop a, a plan without really understanding what the drivers are to do that. Same with finances. And we'll, we'll go through a few examples to illustrate it. So let me jump in and then um, maybe Taylor, I'll get you to help me with the financial one here in a second. But so the category of goal is my physical health. The lagging indicator, I wanna lose 15 pounds. The leading indicator, these are four of the most powerful. They don't mean they're the only ones. But these are the most powerful indicators, the right activities to track that will lead you to weight loss. Um, much has been said in the last couple of years about intermittent fasting, uh, both medically and research-wise, it's proven that it works. So tracking it in specific terms, percentage of days with lower carbs, 
percentage of days exercising 30 minutes. I'm sorry, those that were, were expecting uh, three times 20 minutes, like we used to talk about in a week for exercise, that's no longer good to fight the aging process. Uh, a BYU study has come out recently where it has to be six days, 30 minutes. I'm sorry, uh, those of you that don't like it, but that could include walking, by the way, so don't lose heart if you're not a big jogger or biker or whatever. So anyhow, those are leading indicators that can help me achieve my lagging. And you can see those leading indicators are very specific, measurable. And of course I need to set an attainable target and realistic tar target there. So the other interesting one here is financial. Everyone, I think at the beginning of the year, uh, maybe credit cards are a bit maxed out because of Christmas and New Year's. So I think a lot of people start to think about finances. So we have included a few uh, comments today about it. But the example I have here is just, you know, if I want to increase my retirement savings uh, by 20% from what I have, some leading indicators, I can put 10K or whatever I'm allowed in my 401K. I can say, actually save on top of that 10% of my income. And I can start, um, we talk about as a family and in my circle all the time, don't just have one revenue stream have multiple revenue streams. Don't just rely on one career and one income, have multiple revenue streams to give you the maximum fle financial flexibility, security and independence. So you might add a, how do I add an additional revenue stream, revenue stream goal in 2021? So Taylor John, talk to me about, you think, uh, and you've done great on this financial side and saving side and give us a little bit of your background and insights there. Uh, yeah, um, totally agree with this. I, I just, I'll make another comment just related to the slide prior that I think is super relevant to this. I think you talked about that vision of who do you want to become and, you know, yeah. kind of a longer term uh, vision of that. I think that's critical on the financial goals and almost any financial goal. There's, I mean, there's short term financial goals for sure, but especially if we're going to talk about 401k and retirement and uh, kids college and paying off a house, right? Some of these bigger goals. I think, number one, it's critical to have that, really that vision and that why just drilled into your mind, or you just won't make it. Uh, you'll lose steam, right? This is a 40-year game trying to save for retirement. It's a, you know, 30, if it's a 30-year mortgage and you're just paying the payment, it's a 30-year game paying off the pay, uh, house. So you really have to uh, have a little, a, a longer uh uh, a runway than maybe a weight loss or maybe something else uh, more short term, and that's okay. They're, they're just different. So, uh, for example, for me, one of the one of the big things on the financial was, you know, I, I've for the past you know seventy years ago when I was uh, a lot younger, when I was twenty two, twenty three, I would look up the retirement numbers of what I would need to save in order to have X amount of dollars of retirement, um, and that to me, and, but that was couched with the vision of. I want to be able to retire when, um, you know, I'm 50 years old, uh, or at least have the option to, right? I probably won't, but I want to be able to have that option at 50. So what do I need to do between now and then? And, and there's some more depth there, but that, that's become a very clear vision and a why. And so when you're doing things like saving for retirement, which is not most people's fun thing, right? They say, oh, who cares? Live, you know, eat, drink, and be married for tomorrow we die. Or I won't even make it till I'm 60. You know, you you hear all those things, but when you have that real big why of why you're doing it, and then not just why, but then how you're going to get there. You know, I want to have two million dollars by the time I'm 50. Okay, well, divide that if you're 20 years old, divide that by 30, and factor in a rate of return, and you can start to get a clear vision of uh, what you need to do. And, and the reason I say that is because. Again, talking to Nate's point and your point about planning, having a plan behind it is critical or else you're just not going to, you're not going to keep the steam to do it. Uh, oh, you might accidentally get there. That's, that's definitely possible. But if you want to intentionally get there, I think that's critical. So, you know, I guess, and then one other thought just on the, on the financial and the leading indicator side, sure. I think there's, um, I like to, I like to set some that are kind of, uh, what would you call them? Kind of exploratory, you know, in mining, right? You, you, drig, you, you dig a lot of holes, right? <laughs> Not everyone comes about, right? So I like to set some that are, you know, I haven't done before. It's hard to, I'm not, it's not, uh, you know, add a hundred thousand in income. You know, it's very like, 
you know, that's a, but it's sometimes, okay, read 15 books on financial literacy, right? And uh, read a book on, uh, on investing, uh, read a book on real, uh, real estate, read a book on X, Y, and Z. Because I do think there's that part of the financial gain, game is also learning the necessary skills so that you can set future goals, right? So wow. just some thoughts there. Totally agree with, you know, very specific measurable. I want to say 15% towards retirement this year. You can say yes or no to that. Your income may go up or down, but you can say yes or no to that. So, yeah. Hey, um, Tate, I love that exploratory idea too. And I'm going to share an example of a hard to measure, but uh, how to get going on that type. But share a little bit about Dave Ramsey and his influence and the readings and what that's led you and Morgan to in, in kind of your savings and uh, give a shout out to Dave. Yeah, 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 because I'm, I'm sure he's listening. Um, <laughs> uh, hope he is. Um, yeah, so so Dave Ramsey, I really like personally, everyone's got different opinions about who they like to listen to financially, but Dave Ramsey and his seven baby steps have had a pretty big influence on my life. Um, and um, I've loved it. It's, it's as far back as 2014, we started listening to it. Some of the steps are saving for, an, you know, a baby emergency fund of $1,000. Step two is getting out of debt. Step three is saving three to six months worth of expenses. Um, step four is investing 15% in retirement. Step five is uh, saving for kids' college. And six is pay off the house. And then seven is just build wealth and give. So we, I picked this up in 2014 um, with a vision of uh, being able to, you know, I was a student at the time, had two kids, zero money, negative money, <laughs> debt and uh, pretty, you know, scary time, at least in my life uh, financially, because I'm supposed to be the financial guy and had no idea what I was doing and losing a lot of money in a lot of different ways and spending out of control. Um, so got onto, you know, his program, really loved it. It really has changed, uh, changed my life, honestly. All these principles we've been talking about, having a system and a process. So if anyone, you know, hasn't heard of them, I encourage you to look it up because uh, it's, it's been a pretty liberating process to follow a system within the financial bucket of goals to kind of follow. And so you can check off and say, Hey, cause there's so many crazy harebrained ideas out there of financial investments and, you know, derivatives and hedges and uh, things that you can do and uh, you know, buying stocks and all sorts of crazy private or public, you know, there's, there's many things you can do. Having kind of a good roadmap was, was pretty influential. And, led to, you know, has led to almost all of my financial goals that I set based on that kind of system roadmap. Yeah, really good. But be careful. It sounded like you were talking negative on some of the other ideas, which Nate and I do. So, but I do love Dave. No, I, not, not <laughs> negative. Um, I, I guess what I'm saying is it's when you're starting out, right? Like when you're 20 years old or 25 or 30 and you've never done uh, some of these other things we're going to talk about. Uh, that's partially how, you know, people stop, you know, if it's just, okay, tomorrow I'm going to go, you know, bet on a futures contract for grain, like, and you've never done any investing. That's uh, probably, you're going to set yourself up for failure in the sense of even goal setting, right? Because you're, oh, make a hundred thousand on grain futures, right? Like, you're just not going to reach it. Uh, that, that's all I was meaning there. Yeah. yeah. It's bad, but... Thank you for clarifying. All right, let's move on. Thank you, Taylor. Yeah, that is great point. Have a process and system and Dave Ramsey has some terrific ideas there. Um, so yeah, this is example of step five, but just the importance is both we've all been talking about of having a plan and thinking deeply, uh, even a hard goal, like something like adding revenue stream. How do I really do that? This is just two things you might do. You may have uh, five other things you're investigating and Taylor used that word earlier is to say, you don't have to commit to it yet, but start to learn about it. And it might inspire you to follow that path. And uh, so, Nate, why don't you, this is a, probably a good time. Why don't you talk a little bit about what you do to help people in number one there? Yeah, I mean, I, I really love to give people a ton of value. I coach people, like I said, in 46 different states. And, and but I, I just finished a book. That was one of my big goals for 2020. You know, we got sidelined by this virus and instead of feeling bad, I just went to work and started uh, writing this book, put out, put out all my best tips and tricks that have just helped me so much over the past, you know, five years as I've been investing full time. So you can get a copy of that by going to investwithnatelambert.com. That's investwithnatelambert.com. 
you can also jump into my, I have a Facebook group that I do weekly trainings to help people learn. So that's uh, real estate wealth creators. You're, you're welcome to, to, to jump into that group and, and uh, everything's on that website. So I'd love to help you in whatever I, in whatever way I can to start learning. Cause like Rick said, I mean, starting a side hustle, you know, creating a path to financial freedom is, is a, is a great move in today's economy. Yeah. Well said. Yeah. The day of just having one income stream and just relying on, there's too much uncertainty, uh, diversify yourself, follow up and develop uh, several income streams for your family for security. And Nate, I will put all those websites in the show notes uh, when we put this out so that people can see where to find you. And um, I, I am on with Nate's uh, weeklies and uh, they're very insightful and tons of value. The second one is just another example. Uh, this is something I do for one of my revenue streams. Uh, and, it, and this is just the two I use. You may have Robinhood or something else you really like, but it is not that hard anymore to do a trading account. And then number one, the action plan may be listen to their free tutorials. Uh, that just takes time and a notepad. Uh, in fact, both Fidelity and Ameritrade give you free coaching to learn how to do this properly so that you're not losing money and losing wealth. And then the number three point, is, these are real examples over the last couple of years on uh, groups I trust for sound financial acumen in financial trading and stock trading. And uh, I put them in priority order. You can pay from each one of these four I've mentioned here from $49.99 a year, $99.90 a year to more some of their more expensive pieces up to $2,000 a year. And I have found in all four cases, and again, in priority order, I like Jeff Brown's most. He's a technology and biotechnology guy. I really like that sector. Um, that their payback on the result, and I don't get anything from recommending this group, by the way. Uh, or, or Nate's group. This is just, you know, free insights into what works. And again, you may not think either of these two are smart, but the idea of adding multiple income streams is a smart financial goal to think about. So anyhow, those are concrete examples of things you can do on the financial side, as Taylor and Nate and I have been talking about. So hopefully that's helpful and illustrative of the point to have a plan. So let's go to these more non-concrete ones, or as Taylor called it, exploratory ones. So this was an interesting one. Up top, it's not smart yet. I don't have a specific measurable goal. I do have other physical health uh, goals around exercises and eating, but I wanted to experiment with a plant-based diet. So I committed to a 30-day try just to kind of, and so this action plan, as you can see here, is not smart yet but is an action plan to help me learn and figure out if this is going to help my head, heart, mind. And so um, this is a commitment I'm making. I'm going to talk about this 30 day challenge here in a second. You can see the ideas I'm following up with, including at the end of January, figuring out, am I going to set a plant-based goal or eating plant-based in February? Is this experiment going to work? So as Taylor mentioned, this is, uh, you know, you don't always have to have everything figured out to the specific measurable part yet. You can just start learning and figure out what the goal is later. But eventually you should get the right metrics uh, showing. Uh, but this is more an example of kind of the exploratory idea. So uh, Cheryl and I are a little bit nervous about this one, but it is good to be nervous about a couple of goals. So step six, develop a tracking system. I highly recommend that once you've got it specific and measurable, track it. And I have researched several of them but not all of them. This is my favorite. Uh, if, if you love apps, the Strides one uh, is quite good. And that's an example there and you can look it up. Or I've got in the notes on the left-hand side there, someone that has spent a lot of research kind of showing you the top 12 life hack or tracking goal apps. And you can uh, read it on that website there. So I won't spend any more time on there. I actually happen to be still old school. I didn't clean this up at all. This is my spreadsheet I've used for 20 plus years every year. I love it. I just can't imagine changing to an app. I actually tried for a little while, but um, Taylor and Nate are looking at it thinking I haven't got my averages done right. It's not clean properly, <laughs> but <Yeah. laughs> it's mine. 
And it, it really helps me kind of drive intentionally the life I want to live. So develop and find a tracking system that works for you. And then step seven, I love this quote, when performance is measured, performance improves. When performance is measured and reported, the rate of performance accelerates. And that's been kind of everything that Nate and Taylor and I have been talking about, the importance of it's not just good enough to have a specific measurable goal. Now I got to track it, share it, review it, and um, build it into my weekly and daily planning system. Again, uh, in my book or on my website, you can see a lot more on weekly and daily planning as a superpower. In fact, I talk about daily planning as the most important habit. The most important habit. If you are really good at prioritizing and planning on a weekly and daily ba basis, you will make massive demonstrable changes in your life. Boom, done, next. All right, last couple of slides here as we wrap up. Um, so just a couple of tips uh, as we think about, we've already talked about the importance of really thinking this through deeply. Uh, we've already talked about the importance of asking for help. Um, I, in fact, many years I go to different people for the finance. I go to the person for financial that I trust most on financial. I go to the person that I respect most on physical. I go on spiritual. Go to the people that you think have the best insights. It's not usually one person, but um, we know um, that we need coaching in order to improve our performance. And then, as I've already mentioned, start small. If the big system here overwhelms you a little bit, just start with one goal. Start with one wealth goal, one health goal, and try it out. Another way uh, to get going real fast is we're going to, uh, we started a, a Facebook site on a 30 day challenge group to crush your goals. There's a uh, 50 or 60 of us so far. You're welcome to join and join us. And we're going to be sharing some of our goals in January, not necessarily just every, all the goals for the year, but how are we going to fast start our year? So that's what the 30 day challenge is about. And then let me just comment on this last one. If I, if you don't remember anything, here's, I think the number one killer to goal accomplishment, only being satisfied when you hit the result. I think Taylor talked about this earlier, but the importance of celebrating the journey. Uh, I think you can hear Nate's passion about the process. That's victory. When you celebrate the journey, the process and progress, not necessarily the result, you now have an enhanced motivational tool. Instead of being discouraged that you're not hitting your results yet, you are uber motivated because you love the process, the journey, and the progress, not the result. So anyhow, I could go on and on about that one. Um, I'm going to make a public commitment today. Uh, this is four things. I'm going to start in January, and I'll be sharing during the month of January on uh, my website and on that Facebook group, my learnings, how I'm doing. I'm going to read every day. I'm going to try that plant-based diet. I'm going to beat the stock market. When January is over, I'm, my average return is going to be higher, and I'll share any learnings that I find there. And I'm going to serve every day, and I'm going to try my heart best to do variety in that somebody and something different. I've already started brainstorming some different options on how I might serve. We've talked about in my book and on other podcasts, the importance of serving for happiness and fulfillment. So anyhow, those are my commitments. Not all my goals, but those that's what I'm going to be tracking every day in January and in the 30 day challenge. So Taylor and uh, Nate, let me give you guys a chance to, uh, is there one goal you want to share that you're doing in January or 2021 that you wouldn't mind sharing with the team. Nate, why don't you go first? Yeah, you know, on Saturday, I, I took a plunge into a, jumped into a freezing lake um, <laughs> with ice and it was scary. And, and, I, and I realized that's a lot like goal setting. Sometimes it's scary, but you got to jump with both feet and you got to be committed and know that it's, you might hyperventilate, you might go into shock, but it's worth it in the end. My big crazy goal this year is to raise between 50 and a million dollars to buy some massively big real estate deals. So I'm committed to that. It's good to publicly commit. And that's what I'm committing to on your podcast here. That's my big goal. So, right, Nate. Oh, I love the analogy too. Good. Taylor, one big goal for the year. Yeah. Um, 
so from a financial, I, I kind of several small ones that kind of add up. I um, 15% into retirement's always been kind of a goal and I'm still on that early end of that. So that's the goal this year to hit that. Funding kids college, um, still my kids are super young, so I'm doing that. And then refinancing the house, it's just uh, mortgage rates are super low. So um, doing all that. And just one final thought I had, Dad, on just this concept is it goes along with what Nate's talking about. Um, I think one of the keys to goals that we've been hinting around too is not being afraid to make some dramatic changes as needed, right? Um, I think sometimes if goal setting just becomes a game, uh, you lose some of the power of the emotion and the, and the kind of uh, the visceralness behind it. Of like, I made so financially, we made some huge financial decisions about five years ago, moved my family 3,000 miles across the country back to Utah. Um, from Washington, D.C. because of goals, personal goals of uh, family, uh, kids that we wanted to have and uh, lifestyle, and then also um, uh, just professionally what I wanted to do. And so massive change, 3,000 miles, changed our total life in the last five years have been completely different because of it. And I, I'm in a, you know, a thousand time better financial situation because of it. So just not being afraid to, it's not every year. I mean, maybe that's your guys' advice. It's not mine, at least. Um, but not being afraid to make those big sacrifices that are needed um, to hit the goals and to make some big changes in your life if you're not happy with something. Uh, you can control it. You can change it. There's nothing stopping you but yourself. Don't be afraid to sacrifice. Do it. You look back in five, 10 years and be grateful. Wow. Well said. Okay. Great job. Nate, great job. So final thoughts here. Uh, start today to identify, uh, go through the eight-step process. Please join our Facebook group if you can. Join our 30-day challenge. Um, let me know during the month. I'm going to get on several times on podcasts or videos if you want to sh share an update with us on how you're doing on your goals and what you're learning. I'd love to hear from you and including my two guests here today. And then for those listening, uh, ping me on my website, uh, ciforlife.org, and I'll give you a free goal setting coaching call in January. Free, uh, and those are for subscribers only. So subscribe and let me know as you subscribe, you want that free coaching call and we'll set it up and you'll see my calendar on the website. So anyhow, Nathan, Dr. Nathan Lambert, Taylor Highland, amazing insights today. I am so glad you took your Monday evening out to uh, share with the group all these insights about goals and finances, et cetera, et cetera. So thanks for joining us, gentlemen. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me, Rick. My pleasure. Yep. Great to be here. Thank you. Yeah, you guys are awesome. So this has been another Continuous Improvement for Life podcast and video. Uh, until next time, live a life of sustainable, continuous improvement. Goodbye. Goodbye.